And welcome everybody to another Smart Money Circle show. I'm Adam Sarhan. With me today is Laureen Gilbert, who's a CEO of Wealthwise Financial and a champion for women in investing, which is a topic that's dear to my heart. Laureen, welcome to the show. Thank you. So Laureen, I always like to begin. Can you please tell us a little about your story and how you got to where you are today? Sure. So I grew up in, uh, in, in Texas and my parents divorced when I was 13. And that was a big change for our family. I watched my mom who had been a stay-at-home mom go back to work uh, for the first time since I'd been alive. And when she first started working, she made $200 a month. And I saw how difficult it was on her and our family on just the change of uh, going through a divorce. So with that, it impressed upon me the need to figure out the money thing. And I wanted to figure it out for myself. And ultimately I wanted to help other people as well, especially women to become financially independent. Wow, I love that story. So um, let's talk about how you got involved in, fin in finance or investing and a little about your investment strategy, please. Right, so when I graduated from the University of Texas with a business degree, I was interviewing with wealth management firms, investment management companies, and I landed with Fidelity Investments. So that's where I was licensed and trained and knew really from the beginning when I started working there that one day I wanted to have my own practice, but I needed to work for other people first. So I spent a decade working for other people and then started my practice and grew that. Oh, I love that. And then your investment strategy, are you more fundamental? Are you technical? Are you both? Third thing, how do you play the game, so to speak? Right. So uh, so we create, we use models. We use six different models, conservative to aggressive. And in each of those models, we have both a strategic as well as a tactical allocation. So a basic strategic, but then an overlay of tactical investing, looking at where we're going to overweight, underweight, where we're going to extend beta, um, either we're going to be, you know, plus one beta or less than one beta on equity and fixed income. We add in alternatives. Uh, so, uh, and then we also put together faith-based models as well for our clients who are faith-based. I love that. That's really, really great. So I know women in investing is dear to your heart from your childhood all the way up until now. Can you give us some thoughts about women in investing, some either challenges they have or some advantages they have and speak to that a little bit, please. Right. Well, I think that in investing in general, we hear about fear and greed and those two extremes. And what I see, a mistake that I see people make is vacillating between the two, vacillating between that greed when the markets are doing well, oh, I want to be all in to the fear mode of what do I do when the markets go down? So that we have to help people stay in check, find where they're really going to be most comfortable as far as a risk spectrum, and then try to help them to keep the course. So that's one of the things. And I think when it comes to women investing, they tend to be, in general, on more of the fear side. And so helping women understand that they need to extend enough risk without extending too much risk and, and educating them. And that really applies to all investors. 
Yeah, no, I love that. So there's a delicate balance between too much risk, too little risk, and then too much, you know, I get that. So let's talk about some, I guess, I have this concept, it's called mental walls. So you ever do something and hit a wall? I mean, we've all have, right? So I call them mental walls. When you hit, when you find somebody who's hit a wall, how do you help them break through and get to the other side? Well, I remind them that I'm their advocate and I'm there to help them, that, you know, and that I've been doing this for three decades. So certainly have the experience of the ups and downs of the markets when it comes to that. I think that when people hit a wall and it comes to their dreams, you know, we're trying to help people accomplish their dreams, accomplish their goals. And oftentimes people will have a setback in life, whether it's a medical setback, a financial setback, there's all different kinds of setbacks. People can go through a door, so they can lose a loved one, many different setbacks. And it's helping people at those times in life getting back on track and not losing hope and not losing their dreams. And so we're that advocate alongside them with their life goals. No, I love that. That makes perfect sense. So let's talk about risk again. What, how do you handle risk and what are some mistakes you see people make with respect to risk management besides being too risk averse or not even looking at the risk component? Yeah. So, I mean, the way that we handle risk is in every portfolio, uh, no matter what level of risk it is, we're looking at how can we mitigate risk. And so that's that's very important to us. And then for our clients, I think, you know, people forget about different, there's different kinds of risk, not just market risk, right? But, you know, there's credit risk, there's all different levels of risk in investing. And oftentimes what I see, especially right now, many people kind of ignore quite a few risks that could be out there. So we try to educate people, you know, you can't ignore the risks that are there. Often people don't even know what they are. So we have to educate them on what those risks really are. So, you know, that that is definitely part of what we do to help clients. I think another thing is really looking at the after-tax impact for people. You know, taxes, you could say, in a sense, are a risk. You know, you have to look at what is your after-tax effect? So we take that into account when it comes to investing. Love that. So I wrote a book about investing. It's called Psychological Analysis. And it was number one on Amazon for two months, Laureen. And we just met in the first time we're speaking. Literally in the book, I have a whole chapter dedicated to risk and all the different types of risks that are out there. It's not just enter here, exit here. So I, I love what you're saying. That makes perfect sense. Okay, next question. Timeless lessons, Laureen, that you've learned along the way. What are what are some that you want to share with the audience about markets or about life or about family, anywhere you want to go? Yeah, well, I think one of the timeless lessons is never give up. You know, mm -hmm. just keep persevering. I know that when I started in this business, it wasn't easy. Uh, when I started my own practice, it was one client at a time. And it took a lot of patience, a lot of perseverance. I had well-meaning friends say, you know, maybe you're in the wrong field. Maybe you're not doing what you should be doing. And yet I knew that I was doing what I was passionate about, what I was called to do. And so if you have that, you know, instinctive feeling that you're supposed to do this, then you just got to kind of press through. Um, you know, when it comes to investing, I'd say the phrase, this time is different, is a big mistake. And so, you know, we know that history may not repeat itself, but it can rhyme. 
And so watch out for anybody who's saying this time is different because they're usually proved that it's wrong. I love that. That is so powerful. Uh, walk into a crowded theater, yell fire, you get the same response, whether it's 500 years ago or 500 years from now, this time is not different. I, I get that. Right. <laughs> so um, timeless mistakes. What are some timeless mistakes you see people make that we haven't discussed already that, and how do you avoid them? Yeah. Well, timeless mistakes, you know, classic one would be, you know, people going to cash, getting mm -hmm. out of the markets when they're nervous. And they think that that it, it feels safe in the moment. The problem is you have multiple decisions to make then. You have to then decide when to get back in. And when I meet with new clients, I oftentimes hear them tell me, you know, I made this mistake, whether you know, it was 2008 uh, or 2001, whatever the year was when it was a difficult year, and I made the mistake of getting out. So most people regret when they've done that because they don't know when to get back in. So that's certainly a classic mistake. But I'd say another one that people don't really think about is the idea of not really planning for your later years in life. People many times spend a lot of time on their wealth and looking at that. Do I have enough money to retire? But how about later in life when you might have a long-term care event? And so we help people really think through that on that backside of life, people in their 80s, their 90s. Now people are going to be living to over 100. It's going to become more and more common. And yet people oftentimes have not planned for longevity and not planned for a long-term care event. So looking at that, where we can help people mitigate those risks. Love that. So um, not going to cash. So you don't go hundred percent to cash. Do you recommend trimming a little bit or how do you handle that whole dilemma with the well, money sure, market? With, market yeah. Rate? I mean, even right now with money market rates as high as they are, certainly you can say that that is an asset class and that people should have some money that's making, you know, north of 5% when you can make that in a money market account, but it's a matter of how much and where is that money? So what we've been helping many clients do is move from their you know, non-interest bearing savings or very low interest savings accounts into a higher money market fund for the meantime. But yeah, and there are always times where you could make a shift and we have done that, but we've made shifts, small movements into cash for a period of time as we're looking at the markets to see where we wanna go next. No, that makes makes perfect sense. So what advice would you like to give to your 30-year-old self or share with the audience? I would tell my 30-year-old self not to stress as much. Yeah. Uh, you know, at 30, you know, looking ahead, uh, trying to, you know, trying to be the person I wanted to be and, and grow the business I wanted to grow. And, um, you know, all those things in my 30s, it was, you know, I, I was very stressed. And, you know, looking back and just saying, I didn't need to stress that much. I just needed to work hard, which I did and not stress so much. So I would say that to really anyone. And I try to help people with that today because I see a lot of people who are in our culture, very stressed out a lot of the time. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Let's speak about that a little bit and go a little deeper. What are some ways that you recommend people just relax or de-stress or anything along those lines, please. Yeah, well, I've had to work on this myself because, you know, I still tend to be a stressor. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, 
you know, so I do breathing exercises. I, I meditate, I pray. And, uh, and then, you know, I really think through, um, you know, what is stressing me out so much and really try to, 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 uh, put some perspective around it and not let those bumps in the road become overwhelming. No, that makes perfect sense. It's almost what, what helps me a lot is I look at the worst case scenario, almost like a stop loss. It's if I'm okay with that and I can quantify it, then I can take a deep breath and be like, okay, this doesn't matter. I completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. And then another thing I do, Lorraine, that, that I'd like to share with you as well is I ask myself, does this matter in 10 years? Will I even think about this? Whether it's with my wife or it's with the market or with the client or whatever the case is, will I remember this in 10 or even 20 years? Not even nine out of nine times, almost, I, I could say 9.999 out of 10 times. It just doesn't matter. So I just let it go. Right. Yeah, that's very powerful. All right, beautiful. Well, Lorraine, what is the uh, best way for people to get in touch with you? Your website is wealthwisefinancial.com. Is that the best way or what do you recommend? Yeah, wealthwisefinancial.com. They can take a look at that. We, we can be reached by phone at 949-748-1177. You can email us at info at wealthwisefinancial.com. Beautiful. Well, Lorraine, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Thank you so much.